on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Monty Man. No, no, no. I promise. Turn around, hit the ground. Time to lay your burden down. Not one email, not two emails, but three emails that says, where's the brain dead song? Three emails in the last two weeks. Oh, wow. So well, I wondered why. Yeah, yeah, so the listeners have spoken, so we brought back Brain Dead. Well, good. Good. <laughs> it's glad to see they're active about something. I know. I'm like, gee, trying to get these people to respond to the shows. If you say something like, what would happen if we decided not to broadcast it. It'll blow up. But if you say, what's your opinion about such and such? Nobody wants to talk. Yeah, well, that's a safety. It I is. Guess. I guess it is. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the Brain Dead song by Allies is back. Speaking of Brain Dead. <laughs> no whistling Dixie. No, uh, okay. I, like, I like that whistling. Yeah. I'm not a very good whistler. All right, don't then. I, I'm just, I'm just not. I'm just not. Well, Denver, you, you went to. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. By the way, uh, this is the Take Twelve Recovery Radio Show. Actually, every show during the week is the Take Twelve <laughs> Recovery Radio Show. They just have different titles. This one just happens to be. Believe it or not, there is a title for this show that we haven't talked about in a long time. It's called The Great Reality. There you wow. Go. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, that's the the subheading. I, I, I didn't know that. Yes. And somewhere in the big book, it says the great reality was just this. They had a host of new friends, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, there you go. We are all co-hosts. We're not new friends, but if you're a brand new listener, you may be a new friend. Hi, new friend. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. Say hi, Marv. Hi, Marv. Oh, brother. <laughs> hey, a special thank you to our friends at Podomatic uh, for helping to make this show possible. And uh, they're the world's number one host of podcasters. Uh, on the internet today, and of course, all of our sponsors. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you more than you know. Um, Denver, you were at Piccadilly Flea Market <clears throat> down in Eugene selling your wares. I was. I had a, a splendid day. I was up early. I had packed the night before. I got about eight suitcases full of goodies, leather stuff. Yeah. Uh, went down, set up there, and I had a wonderful day of getting to visit with uh, Eugenians, which Eugenians. is always, always an interesting uh, group of folks. Yeah. So uh, I did rather well for the uh, venue there, and I got a chance to also uh, actually bumped into a couple people in recovery. Nice. Uh, yeah, and an old classmate that is in recovery, too. Hi, uh, Melinda, if you're listening. And... Uh, Met another gentleman. I sold him a belt and got into a conversation. So, uh, yeah, I passed out some Take 12 cards, passed out a lot of mine. And like I said, did pretty well for myself down there. Not, You know, I never get rich at that venue, but I do have a ball visiting with people. Yeah, yeah. good deal. It was fun. That's good. Yeah. How's horses, Marv? Oh, they're pretty horsey. They're pretty horsey. Yeah. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, listen, um, I want to let the listeners know, if, especially if you're brand new, 
We do have mm. other shows on Take 12 Recovery Radio. Uh, every other Wednesday, we have the Victory Report, where uh, men and women from Adult and Teen, or not Adult and Teen Challenge, <clears throat> Teen Challenge Network of Arizona. T- yeah, T-C-A-Z. Yeah. I love that call out. Yeah, T-C- it's like Taz, only just cooler. Right, it is. T-C-A-Z. I say that five times. T-C-A-Z. T-C-A-Z dot org is the website for all five centers. Um, and the reason I didn't say ad- adult and teen challenge for that group is because they have a uh, um, adolescent. What, an adolescent center. I almost said juvenile, but that would have been juvenile. Ad- adolescent. <laughs> adolescent center. Mm-hmm. Um, and a women's center for women and children. And the men's centers. They got a whole slew of them. They got a whole slew of them, yeah. That's Wednesday. Every other Wednesday. Uh, and then on Friday, we have a, a show called uh, – it's a Take 12 Recovery Radio show subtitled – Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life Today. Beautiful. With Dave Fleming, a certified alcohol and drug counselor and licensed alcohol and drug counselor. Uh, and what else is he? Conspiracy theory person. Conspiracy theory person. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And we have that show. And then we have other shows that we have replayed um, from years ago. Uh, Walking Through the Big Book, Walking Through the 12 and 12 with Chris Schroeder. Uh, and um, uh, applying the 12 traditions in your personal and family life with Caroline Preston. We, we've been broadcasting those again. So our, the week is full. It's got all sorts of stuff. There isn't a day goes by that you shouldn't be able to enjoy. Take 12 Radio. You do, you do have cowboy stuff, don't you? Absolutely. In fact, this Saturday... If you want to come on down to Brownsville, Oregon, right? <laughs> yep. So you just walked right into that. <laughs> Look at him grinning. I wasn't expecting to say anything yeah. like that. Uh, I think he was. Somewhere. Yeah. So where is that in Brownsville? It's going to be at Kirk's Ferry. Kirk's Ferry. It's a, a restaurant. Rest, a nice restaurant. Yeah. Yes. And uh, there's going to be, uh, Marv's going to be there, Marvin the Gang, with cowboy poetry and music. Now, I think that's right across, uh, right next door to the Rock uh, place there. Don't just... Just a couple, yeah. Yeah, they have close. a rock museum that's been there forever. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Yeah, zippity-doo, zippity-day. I'm into the cowboy stuff. I like cowboy stuff. I don't care for horses a lot. They're cantankerous. <laughs> cantankerous animals, they are. Yeah, but they won't lie to you. No, they'll look you in the eye. <laughs> look you in the eye is what they do. They give a big old smooch. Yeah. Big old teeth, bite they, your they, nose they, off. They never want to give me a smooch. Take me for a ride. Stop right there. <laughs> it's time for Monty Man's Weekly Wine. Ah, got any wines, Denver? No, I ain't even going to list them. Yeah, I got a lot of them. I have nah. so many. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get on nobody today, I don't think. I, I did have a little shout out, though. Uh, yeah. I, I bumped into a bank, and I think it's Oregon Community Credit Union. Uh, they did an outstanding job. They gave me, when I go to a sale... I walked in with two $100 bills, and I don't have a bank account with them. I said, can you do this? And they said, we don't do this. And the lady must have looked in my eye and saw the pathetic little look I had. And she uh, cashed me out, gave me a stack of ones, a bunch of fives and tens, so I can make change. So uh, thank you very much. I'll consider when it comes time to opening up a bank account to deal with those folks. So that's a win. That's a win. There's there's good people out there. Yeah. You just got to look. Yeah, just gotta look. Just gotta look under some rocks. Maybe just maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my wine this week. Is, I am telling you, I don't know if it's, if any other part of the country is like this, or if people um, are noticing this too, or if you guys are. But I am telling, and it's not just texting and driving. It's just driving crazy in general. We were coming back from Shelton, Washington, which is. Uh, a little bit west of Olympia. And there was supposed to be this crazy storm, which never happened. It's amazing. You know, you see it on the weather report. You see the satellite <laughs> picture, this big swirling hurricane thing. And it never happened. Uh, it got a little windy, a little rainy down here, but nothing happened up there uh, worth anything to, to shake a stick at. But the people were driving. I mean, you know, it, it's pretty common if you're on a four-hour drive to run into a couple of knuckleheads in that four-hour period that are passing unsafe. And I, I am telling you, about 20% of the people on the road were driving like maniacs. That's pretty conservative, don't you think? Uh, it probably was worse than that. I mean, it just seemed like every 30 minutes, somebody was doing something bizarre. I mean, not just 
passing you uh, in the slow lane, and you're going 80 miles an hour. It's a 70-mile-an-hour speed limit up there. The flow of traffic is about 75, 80. So you're going that fast. There's guys going 90, 95 in the slow lane, and they're not even waiting to get past you to get over. We had people almost clip us as well as other cars getting back over passing. I mean, it was nuts. Doing a little NASCAR on the freeway. (laughs) It's not the Audubon, people. uh, You take your life in your hands going out there on the... Have you noticed that people are losing it behind the wheel, Mark? Or are you pretty pretty safe out there? No, I I hear what you're saying. And you know what cracks me up is um, a lot of times... Within 15 seconds, yeah, you pull up behind them at a stop sign. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, off an accident. Straight. Yep. Straight and up. And when they went by you, they were just, ah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. I waved at one. I, I, He just just cut me off, got right in front of me, pulled up to the red light. I pulled up to the turn lane red light, and I waved. And, you know, you, you take your life into your hands nowadays because everybody's liable to shoot you or road rage you or something. I know. But I just had to take the moment to say, howdy, neighbor. <laughs> See ya. And I turn, and he's still at the red light. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> hurry up and go nowhere. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> but it, it, it was bizarre. And I, and I was amazed. I, I really did expect to see some accidents, and I didn't see any. Um, the way people were driving, and and then there was like there was like three cars. They must have been following each other, or something, or they were either mad at each other and trying to chase each <laughs> other down. I don't know, but uh. they were doing the centipede thing, in and out, and in and out, and in and out. And uh, the guy that was with us is, uh, is a retired truck driver, and he was telling us, he says, this is the kind of stuff that drives truck drivers absolutely nuts because they can't stop on a dime, especially if they're carrying liquid, you know. Um, they just can't. And these people pull out in front of them like they're just another car. You can't be doing that. But anyway, so that, but I do have a win. Absolutely. All right. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely win. Um, in my hand is a brand new flavor. Of the Bang Potent Brain and Body Fuel drink. Now, Denver says these aren't healthy. I say they are healthy. Hey, listeners, why don't, well, if you don't <laughs> if you don't do anything this week, but just hit us back with an email or a comment on your take on energy drinks, if they're healthy and good for you or not. Before he f- opens his mouth on this one. <laughs> Just hit us back with a yes or no to the energy drink craze and addiction that goes on, good or bad. Thank you. Keep in mind, Denver has one sitting in front of him. Yeah. but I, It's okay. about half gone, too. 99.9% of the energy drinks out there are horrible for you. I totally agree. You hear that? He's guzzling it right now. They are. They're just. They just. They got junk in them that is. It just makes you. Well, let me just read what's on the side of this can. Maybe they'll pay me for this. I doubt it. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get payment, all right? Yeah. Make no mistake. Bang is not your stereotypical high sugar, life sucking soda masquerading as an energy drink. Um, there is zero carbs, zero sugar. Zero calories, zero artificial uh, colors. Now, Denver says they're lying. Um, And there's none of that tyrene or whatever is in it that makes you feel like you're going to crash. There's not overabundance of vitamin B1 or any of that kind of thing. But it it has CoQ10. It has amino acids. It has creatine. That's all brain stuff. It's good for you. (laughs) (laughs) says who the people making the can so so peach mango is the brand new flavor and it's delicious all right absolutely wonderful voters help me out on this (laughs) i'm just telling you i can drink one of these and i have there's no crash i feel fine 
I don't feel like I'm going to go shopping at midnight or anything crazy like that. And I don't feel like I'm gacking from methamphetamine, like drinking rock stars. That's just my take. Y'all done now? I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. All right. Okay? All right. Uh, But the real win, the really, really, really good win is uh, our friend, author Carolyn Hannon-Bell has a brand new book out. Now, her other two books are... Mommy's Disease, Helping Children Understand Alcoholism, and Daddy's Disease, Helping Children Understand Alcoholism. They're children's books. They're illustrated. Um, That's cool. And they're, they're on a child's level that, that helps the child understand uh, mommy or daddy's issues without shaming the parent, without uh, causing problems. Because you never involve children in adult issues. You just don't do that. But sometimes they're in the middle of it and they need some kind of explanation uh, and some sort of understanding. And she has done a phenomenal job. Uh, We've had her on the show uh, before for uh, her other books. She's got a brand new one out called Dad's Addiction, Helping Children Understand Addiction. And uh, there's actually... um, uh, there's actually a statement in the back of the book uh, that she's printed from from moi, um, from KHLT Recovery Broadcasting, uh, referring to uh, one of her previous books. I'm trying to find it here. Well, that's all right. You can read it. But if you go on Amazon uh, and type in Dad's Addiction or Daddy's Disease or Mommy's Disease by Carolyn Hannon-Bell, uh, I am telling you, every parent, Every grandparent needs to have one of these books because you can sit down with your child and look at the cartoons that are in it. It's very well illustrated uh, and help your child understand what's going on. You know, why why is dad, you know, not showing up after work? Why is he come home stumbling over the couch? You know, why is he yelling at you when you haven't done anything wrong? Uh, helping because children will blame themselves. Children will will say, "Hey, you know what am I doing to right, cause this?" Right. And uh, I've used these in counseling before. They're absolutely excellent books. So that's just a major win. And cool. nobody drinks uh, bang energy drinks in these books. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, yeah. but uh, Carolyn Hannon Bell, master in social work, and uh, just just a great lady. So I, I just wanted to do it, give a shout out for her. go to Amazon <laughs> and pick those up. All right. So, uh, if nobody has anything else to whine about or win about, uh, we'll take a break and come back with some wonderful trivia that Cecil is going to introduce for us. Isn't that nice? Cecil. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll be right back. Oh, that's nice. Hey there. It's the Monty Man. Did you know that Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are listener-supported? What that means is we don't receive any financial assistance from advertising products or services that have nothing to do with health or recovery, but are supported by you, our listeners. Any other promotions we commit to are purely our way of sponsoring other endeavors we feel are beneficial to the recovery community. Well, one thing we have learned all too well in our second decade of broadcasting is that We receive not because we ask not. Therefore, three times a year, we come to you, our listeners, for help. Because we are listener-supported, we depend on your donations to keep us on the air. For over 14 years, our listening audience has helped us to do just that. And once again, we are asking for your support. If you feel that Take 12 Recovery Radio is a valuable part of breaking the stigma of addiction and a resource of recovery from the world's number one health crisis, we ask that you consider becoming a Take 12 partner. To donate any amount or to sign up for a reoccurring monthly donation, simply visit our website at take12radio.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the Donate button. All proceeds go directly to pay for our expenses to continue to bring you the best in recovery talk and positive music. Won't you consider partnership today? Thank you, and God bless.
Okay, I gotta stop. I gotta stop the sound clip right there because I just had a, this terrible thought. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> so uh, on, on that plea for sponsors, I says we don't advertise anything that isn't recovery oriented, and I just talked about the Bang Energy Drink, and I just want to <laughs> let listeners know that was not an advertisement for Bang. I'm just bragging on the fact that I like those things, and we were having fun with it. But I thought about that. I thought, oh, my gosh. I love the Holy Spirit. <laughs> when the Holy you Spirit intervenes, <laughs> oh, my gosh. You stop a broadcast to say that. Yeah, I think that is. Ah, drink your bang. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show. <laughs> I think uh, Cecil's got... Trivia. <clears throat> Monty Man, Monty Man, I'm so excited because today's trivia is four things that are so unbelievable that people will just find them, well, unbelievable. And it's all brought to you by that award winning recovery magazine, The 12 Step Cassette. Visit their website at 12 Step Cassette. Dot com. So, Monty Man, take it away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it was coming from the Shave Club. <clears throat> from the what? The Shave Club, whatever that. Oh, no. <laughs> no, Good. but this, this is bad. Uh, okay. Uh, we, have, we have three in a bonus. Um, humans share 50% of their DNA with, and here are your choices. Bananas, dirt, or goldfish? Dirt. <laughs> dirt? Okay. <laughs> dirt to dirt. Sorry, guys. You will be... Uh, goldfish? No, bananas. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Now, let me remind you, this comes from... Uh, we don't know if any of this is true. Yep. Ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. Uh, this is from thrilllist.com. Uh, uh, trivia is so unbelievable, you find it unbelievable. Yeah, the, the name um, alone reeks of. There's a big explanation for it, but it's too long to read. Um, that makes it a little more believable, but perhaps, I don't know. Here's number two. Uh, on Juniper, on Juniper, on Jupiter, <laughs> wow. Bang. Bang. On Jupiter and Saturn, when it rains, what's falling from the sky? Is it water, diamonds, or radiation? What do you think? They're Denver. I like diamonds in the sky. Do you? But uh, I'm going with radiation. Radiation? What yeah. do you think? Radiation. Oh, you guys are wrong again. It ain't diamonds. Uh, the methane-rich atmosphere of these gas giants creates carbon during lightning storms, which is pressurized into graphite. And eventually into diamonds as it plummets oh to God. the surface. Do you think... Who was it? The Beatles that wrote that? Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? Yeah. Is that what is that what they were saying? I think, Monty? They, I think they were maybe be talking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> huh. All right, number three. Mitch kinda wanna get on a rocket and collect zip diamonds. On to Jupiter and Saturn. Um, in sixteenth century France, four hundred people started doing something and couldn't stop, leading to dozens of deaths. What were they doing? Here are your choices. Fighting during a riot, dancing, or drinking alcohol. 400 of them. What do you think, Marv? Uh, you know what? I have no Come idea. on, Marv. After, Come on, Marv. Not a world. After the diamonds in the sky business. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what were the choices again? Uh, fighting during a, a riot, dancing, or drinking alcohol. 16th century France, 400 people. They all go hand in hand. Dancing. <laughs> Dancing? Okay. What do you think? They're, I they're thought right. maybe it was going to be inhaling condoms through their nose. No. <laughs> yeah, what's that about? Oh, my. We have to I talk ha about that next week. I, okay. I don't I don't. I don't. I, don't I, I really don't get that one. No. Tide was bad enough. Yeah. I, okay. So uh, I would have to say... Uh, Dancing, alcohol, or what was the... Fighting during a riot. Well, that just goes with the alcohol. I'm going to go with dancing. You guys are correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was called the Dancing Plague. It began with just one woman dancing intensely in the street. 
in France. Eventually, for no apparent reason, more than 400 people joined her in mass hysteria. Over the course of one month, many ended up dying due to heart attacks or exhaustion because they literally would not stop dancing. That's uh, weird. That is weird. Yeah. And that's weird, but that's France. Or Florida. That's thrill. That's Thrillville <laughs> trivia. And here's your bonus. At no, this is true or false. At no point in the Humpty Dumpty nursery rhyme does it mention that he's an egg. True or false? That's true. Marv, true. true. Yeah, you guys are right. It is true. <laughs> um, in fact, the early illustrations portrayed him as a young boy. Kind of, kind of disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go, that's a little rougher to accept. Yeah, that's... Uh, fell and couldn't put him back together. Gee, just, I, don't, I don't know where the whole egg thing came from, but uh, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put, put the... poor Humpty back put, again. Yeah, that yeah, pretty... I got to find that copy. Yeah, really? So, you know, a lot of the nursery rhymes that, that were recited to us growing up were pretty doggone morbid. Yeah. When you think about them. Well, some of the cartoons were a little bit... Uh, yeah, we talked about that. You know, uh, Dave and I talked about that on a Friday show. Yeah, yeah. Blowing up and <laughs> just all kinds. Acme Dynamite yeah. Mike Company. Yeah. All right, that is it for uh, Take Troll Trivia for this week. All right, uh, Itching Ears want to know, what in the heck am I talking about? Uh, when we promoted the show yesterday on social media... Uh, the 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 big book AA big books mistaken identity and uh, and our spiritual experiences. So um, what we're referring to, we're going to go back to in the Alcoholics Anonymous big book. Uh, there is a um, there's a chapter that probably isn't read enough, and uh, in fact, it is one of the least read chapters along with. Um, the introductions. There's introductions to each big book and prefaces and all that. A lot of people don't read them, and they're an important part of history uh, for Alcoholics Anonymous, and you really should read them. Um, and, and this one really is is one that needs to be read, too. And at the end of this chapter, <clears throat> and then we're going to go back and read, read the page on this, uh, there's a statement uh, made here that is one of my favorite, absolutely one of my favorite um, statements and it can apply to so many things uh it says the, the very last paragraph says there is a principle which is a bar against all information which is proof against all arguments and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance that principle is contempt prior to investigation so we're talking about people making judgment calls on things before they ever look into it Saying, oh, that doesn't work, or that'll never work, or you're full of baloney, or whatever. And they don't, they don't even investigate it. They just have contempt right away. Uh, and it is attributed to a man by the name of Herbert Spencer. Well, the AA Big Book's case of mistaken identity um, is this. And this, uh, this comes from Susan Shaver. Uh, and you can think what you want to about the uh, recovery magazine, The Fix. Some people like it, some people don't. But this is actually totally accurate. I've, I've done a lot of study on this before, and this may come to a shock to many of you, but Herbert Spencer is not the author of that statement. The big book, that is not correct. That is a case of mistaken identity. For many alcoholics encountering the book Alcoholics Anonymous for the first time, a shock of recognition comes at the end of Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience, when they read and what I just wrote. Appendix 2 is a redefinition of spiritual experiences as they are mentioned in the first phase of AA's 12th step, having had, and quote, a spiritual awakening. Concerned that others might think an experience like his own, a lightning flash and a booming voice from above, was a necessary entity to sobriety or entry into sobriety, Bill Wilson explained in Appendix 2 that spiritual experiences can develop over time. In fact, Bill wrote, anyone who is honest, willing, and open to the idea of recovery has already had a kind of spiritual experience. Contempt prior to investigation, he implies, is the only barrier to spiritual recovery. In fact, contempt prior to investigation is as much a symptom of alcoholism as cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, 
are lying to your doctor or hiding the vodka bottle. What is the work of an obscure 19th century British philosopher doing in Alcoholics Anonymous, the book? The big book was written by a group of Americans, including Bill Wilson and other early members of AA, and was published in 1938. The Spencer quotation is one of the few references to outside thinkers in the entire book. But how did it get there? A little investigation shows that Herbert Spencer did not write the quotation in Appendix 2 at all, and Bill Wilson did not choose it for inclusion in Alcoholics Anonymous. Furthermore, the quote itself is mangled and incorrect. Spencer, who coined the phrase survival of the fittest, heard that phrase before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who wrote that in, in a, a marriage, a ring is put on the finger of the bride and in the nose of the groom, <laughs> like that, was a liberal agnostic thinker whose uh, many works on philosophy, psychology, and sociology made him famous in the 19th century England. But one thing Spencer did not write is the immortal words about contempt and investigation. Contempt, prior to investigation, was penned almost a century earlier by another British philosopher, William Paley, whose book, Evidences of Christianity, contains the following sentence. Contempt, prior to examination, is an intellectual vice from which the greatest faculties of mind are not free. That was the actual quote. Paley was writing about Romans who scoffed at early Christianity. That's fascinating to me. I like the wording on that. Yeah. Contempt prior to examination is an intellectual vice from which the greatest faculties of mind are not free. Yeah. I like it. Who really came up with the phrase contempt prior to investigation and how it ended up in Appendix 2 in Alcoholics Anonymous may not really matter much to anyone's actual recovery, Alcoholics love to scoff at rules and regulations, at religion and God, until suddenly their lives are saved in spite of their scoffing. (laughs) The quotation may be misattributed and mangled, but it still jumps off the page for anyone who thinks like an alcoholic. You read it, you see yourself, you know you're in the right place. And when I I first read that quote, and and I'm, I'm... go along with her on this. It really didn't matter to me. That quote is really powerful. Contemporary to investigation is is key because, you know, I've, I've done that. Haven't you guys? Haven't you looked at something oh, and said, that's sure. just not going to work? Yeah. <clears throat> and then later <clears throat> found out hey, it actually worked pretty good. You know. So, um, yeah. Oh, so, I'm a little upset. Are you? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> because all these years. You thought Herbert Spencer <clears throat> wrote that, right? Well, and I was tickled because, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. Um, really? Um, I was tickled because it cracked me up that that God would use something written by an atheist or an agnostic. Right, right. Uh to support his cause. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And now I find out, wait a minute. Well, it was actually written by a Christian, yeah, it sounds that's right. like. You know, and so Aww. yeah, I'm kinda of upset about it. Oh no. <laughs> Boom, big hole in your uh bubble there. <laughs> Sit back and set, soak that one in for a bit. Um it's kinda like it's kinda like the Saint Francis prayer or, or the prayer of Saint Francis. Um St. Francis didn't write it. It's it's attributed to him because that was kind of the way he lived. And it was handed out on these little tiny cards given out during the war with a picture of St. Francis on it with a bird on his shoulder and a Bible in his hand and a, and a scroll in his hand. And it was attributed to St. Francis, but he didn't write it. Um, they don't really know who wrote it, you know. But there's lots of things like that in in literature today, European as well as American literature. Um, so it's it's just basically a, a big bookcase of mistaken identity. Now, if you want to read how actually that got into the book in more detail, you can go to thefix.com and uh, look up the article. It's from 2012 by Susan Cheever, C-H-E-E-V-E-R, and the article's on there, and you can read it. It goes into much more detail. It's kind of complicated and stuff, how that actually fell into there. Um, there's uh, Chris Roeder says there's two ways you can study something, devotionally and historically. And when you study it historically, you find out so much information that is really fascinating. 
it, it, we're not being critical of it. We're just saying it's it's interesting to read this stuff and find <clears throat> out some of the mistakes that we've made. For instance, the original manuscripts talk in the big book before the big book was actually published. Talk about the first forty, not the first one hundred. I mean, things like that. I mean, it, it it's just interesting to me, and, and they're a lot of fun. Yeah, I find it interesting too. I, I, and actually, to me, I don't know about you guys or anybody else, but the the Herbert Spencer thing, right, is more. It sounds more poetic to me than what the other guy. I can't even remember his name now. <coughs> the yeah. way the other guy put it, but the second. <clears throat> misquote. It's in simpler terms. It's more poetic. It, it does. It flows. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it, it <clears throat> kind of flows. Um, so the uh, uh, Paley wrote, contemporary to examination is an intellectual vice from <clears throat> which the greatest faculties uh, of mind are not free. And it was changed to there is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. I mean, it's just so catchy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can almost yeah. – mem- it's longer, but you can almost memorize that easier than the other one. Yeah. You know. So for whatever reason, uh, it, it is really a mainstay in – the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's yes. a huge piece, <clears throat> and it is a very powerful piece. Um, so on the YouTube version, there's a picture. There's an artist rendition of Paley, and then there is a um, kind of a bad old photograph of Herbert Spencer that's smaller. And Herbert just looks like a mean guy. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't know if, I don't know if he was. He just looks really ticked off. But And Paisley looks very, well, Paisley. I see. Or Paley or whatever. <laughs> anyway, so there's that. So, uh, but moving into this, uh, spiritual experiences, and uh, again, uh, this is an appendix two in the back of the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, Bill had had a uh, a very unique, not, not that common of an experience when he met uh, the creator. Um, he had a white flash of light he had a white light experience it it was instantaneous um the voice he heard said bill i am the guide of god of the preachers that's that's the what he heard god say to him and his conversion experience was very very powerful like that and later and this is in the third edition um that i'm going to read from he is letting the readers know that that isn't necessarily common. And if you're waiting for a white light, you may be waiting a long time is kind of how I interpret this. And that everybody's going to have their own experience. And that's comforting because, you know, I did, I remember for a long time, I would hear people's testimonies in church and thinking, wow, that's never happened to me. I mean, so maybe I'm not really having an experience with God. Well, yeah, yeah, you are. Everybody's got their own. And this is what it says. It says, the term terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first uh, few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety, because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life 
that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most empathetically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle, which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. And then it attributes it to Herbert Spencer. So that was a great comfort to me when I read that years ago because I was expecting this huge thing to happen to me as I was working the steps, and it didn't happen like that. It just didn't. And I thought I was doing something wrong. You know, and so when I read that, I realized that we we all have different experiences. Some of them are very emotional. Some of them are just are very quiet. Some of them are loud. Some of them, you it may be going on and you don't even realize it. Um, what has your guys' experience been as far as your spiritual awakening or your revelation of who God was in your life? What was it like for you, Marv? Oh. Well, uh, all all of the above. Yeah, what, what you've just said uh, through the years, <clears throat> it has it has been uh, uh, um, the the kind of thing where you, you know you do feel uh, like a um, high, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and, and also um, um, the. I don't know how to say what I, I want to say. The, the drudgery that oh, goes right, on. Right. Uh, and if, if people tell me they haven't experienced that, I've got to wonder because I've been around a little while and uh, and that comes with it. You bet it does. And <clears throat> so it's it's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And. and what I was thinking about while you were reading that is, uh, and I don't know, you can uh, tell me what you think, mm-hmm. but people who are uh, fighting this thing uh, and and get depression and anxiety and uh, all that kind of stuff that just does not feel good right never will feel good and uh and you've been sober for a while and you you're just uh questioning to me um that's a spiritual experience also yeah i i agree and it, and it depends on where you go with it mm-hmm. it really does it really does in, in fact biblically it talks about referring to these conflicts we have with each other, we don't fight against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. So it's spiritual. Even the stuff we perceive as negative is spiritual, right? Yeah. Well, our society, the whole thing, the whole mass advertising and marketing and all that, you know, it's all these great pictures of, oh, you're so beautiful and you feel good because you drank this or you drank that or you dress this way. Sure. So then when life hits you upside the head and things go upside down, then you're saying, well, wait a minute. That's not the way it's supposed to be here in America. Right. You know, (laughs) and and so – um, it's possible. I know it was very possible for me. Uh, I I could have went back out. 
drinking. Over very, that kind of stuff, yeah. Very easily. Yeah. And looking back on it now, I, I kind of see where, well, wait a minute, you know, uh, there was some benefit to what I went through. I don't like admitting that, mm-hmm. but there was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Denver? What, what was your... <clears throat> what, was there a light bulb thing for you, or has it been a gradual thing, or is it both? Or I shared this story the other day with somebody. Uh, I'm a rock and stick hunter. I was out on the creek for quite a few years actually living out there i was still in my addiction but nonetheless i was on the creek and i i would get out there and and there was this one stone in the same spot because i walked the same path all the time and i'd kick it by and say that's not pretty enough today that's not pretty enough that's Mm -hmm. not pretty enough one day the light hit that stone just right Mm -hmm. and i picked it up and i looked at it and said oh my goodness that's one of the it was five different shades of jasper in one rock Oh wow! You know, it's just an amazing rock, and my my uh, I didn't have a white light experience, right? And uh, I may have one someday that'll just top everything that I'm sure. learning right now. But mine is such a. I stop and I look every day, and there are spiritual awakenings happening in my life and around me, just every single day, mm-hmm. little chunks of this journey that I'm on coming together to help build the faith stronger. Right. You know, uh, and and that hope that when uh, when I turned my life over to God about this drinking issue, the hope was that, uh, you know, there is something bigger than me, and there's mm-hmm. a chance that I can get out of this addiction of mine. And uh, that happened. I can't say exactly when that happened. Right. But nonetheless, and it continues to happen daily. You know, I just look around, you know, hang on to the good. Yeah. It, it, it just, I don't know. It's a long journey. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I I, I like it most of the time. It's like Mar says, there's the drudgery of life that wears on us. Yep. I, I shared that this morning with a, a parent uh, to a, one of our students. I said, every day I get up and uh, the, the world's just spinning just as crazy it was, maybe crazier than before. But I get up and I say... Lord, today I'm not going to drink, I think. I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I go to bed at night, and uh, there's a serenity of knowing uh, tomorrow I'm not going to wake up with that compulsion, craving, or or whatever. Because I was sober today, I will live tomorrow. Right, right. So I, I, I look back of the years that have gone by in my life, and I can almost pinpoint periods of time where if somebody had asked me are you having a, a are you having a nice spiritual experience i would have told them to <laughs> you know go jump off a go away tall building or something <laughs> and i look now and i see how that was was definitely a part of a spiritual experience moving into a spiritual awakening <clears throat> i've had yeah. several light bulb <clears throat> moments <clears throat> i've had several where the light seemed to go dim and later i realized that was like you were saying marvin you know that was just that's part of it it just is um i used to scoff when people would say well you can't have it you can't have any positive without a negative but they're right i mean even a battery in order to operate has got to have a positive and negative charge right right uh it's just kind of a law of nature that that has to happen. The negative in life reinforces the positive when it comes around. Right. You know, it's that faith builder. You're yeah. Going, All right. I got through that that bad experience. And yeah. Yeah. My obsession to drink, I cannot tell you when that was lifted, but I can look back and and and, and I'm amazed. I'm like, when did when that, did that happen? When did that happen? Yeah. Exactly. I don't remember like a white light thing or anything like that. And we know if you look back in history, you're not going to find too much of it in conference-approved AA literature. But if you look back in the history books and you look back at some of the original manuscripts that Bill Wilson wrote, you will find that he struggled with wanting to drink long after his white light experience. So a conversion experience doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to stop struggling with things. Um, He didn't drink, but... He, in some of his writings, talks about 
his desire, including right up to his his deathbed. Um, so we're we're going to have stuff go on, but but the obsession to 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 put mind altering chemicals in my body, I don't know when that went away. I remember, I remember wishing that it would go away. And then something happened at some period of time, and that happened, and I can't pinpoint it. I just can't. But I think probably for me, the awakening happened when I was struggling through some things, and it was like God told me, Monty, you're depending on the methods and not the method giver. You know, And I've, I've said this before. It was like he was saying, when you stop depending on your prayers and start depending on the one you're praying to, things will change for you. And, and that was one of those light bulb moments. It was like, aha, you know, uh, but most of mine have been subtle. I, I, I remember when I first gave my life uh, to God, I was sitting in a pew in a little Nazarene church in Petaluma, California, and they had an altar call and I'm standing there going, I'm not going up there. And there's no way I'm going up there. I'm not doing that. Nope. No, no, not me. Nope. And all of a sudden I was there. I was up front, I was blubbering like a crazy person, and I don't know how I got there other than God drew me there. Um, but I certainly wasn't aware. I guess my feet just started moving. I, I don't know. You know, so that's attributed to God too. So any you guys ever had any weird let's have some fun with this. Any weird spiritual thing happen? Uh, I can't talk about that. Uh oh, <laughs> I'm in recovery. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ever had any weird kind of phenomenon? Ever well, to me, it was weird. Okay, but uh, and I told it on this show before. Oh, have you? Yeah, okay. it was uh, <clears throat> when I first got uh, introduced to AA. I had been a Christian for about three years before I got introduced to AA. And uh, I went to AA to support an alcoholic wife. Right. <clears throat> I was an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> you were drinking, right? <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> okay. So just so, just I, so we know. <laughs> I go. I go to this meeting, and and of course they've got the steps and the tradition on the wall. Yeah. You know. And I'm sitting there looking at that, and talk about contempt prior to investigation. Uh, I looked at that and within seconds determined, oh, there's something wrong here. They they don't say a thing about Christ. Right. This 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 is this isn't right. You better get out of here, you know. <clears throat> but I need a drink. <laughs> but something did happen because I realized my lack and I don't know why this came about, but I realized my uh lack of spirituality, I guess is the way mm -hmm. to put it, came to me in that meeting. Wow. So I walked out of there scratching my head because I'm trying to figure out why on one hand there's nothing up there about Christ, which I'm a firm believer, you know, that's yeah. where I was at. And But yet I had this strange thing going on inside of me that uh, was kind of like a, a magnet pulling me towards the program yeah so i had a good friend who was uh, uh, a lutheran pastor mm. and uh, i i went over to he was at the church and i went over and talked to him and uh, and i told him i said arnie i says i got this problem here and i told him what had happened yeah and uh, i said arnie it, it, i don't know if i'm supposed to be going to this aa or not and he looked me right in the eye. He said, Marv, don't question it. It works. Mm. Pretty simple. So I'm driving home. I don't mean to take so long. No, no I'm driving but... home in my old truck heading for the ranch, you know, bombing yeah. down the freeway. Right. And all of a sudden, and and I'm always skeptical, but to me, the truth is God talked to me. Now, people say, oh, you're crazy, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say it this way. It was as if God was talking to me. I heard an audible voice, and what it said was, or what he said, mm -hmm. 
was know that I am God, do not put me in a box. And that's exactly what I was doing because of Christ and because of all these religious things that sure. I'd learned in church, religiosity. Religiosity, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and that's what I was doing. Well, this can't be this way because this says this or this. Yeah, know. right. And, um, and that was a perfect message for me at that time. And you've never forgotten it. Never forgotten it. Wow. Wow. Have you ever heard? I'd an, say that's a spiritual. I would experience. say so. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever heard? Have you ever heard an audible voice? Um, like your name. I have not. Yeah. I have not. I've heard my name. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, out of nowhere, and it's been years since it happened, but it's happened about three times in my life. Monty, just like that. I mean, yeah. just as clear as a bell. Yeah. Now, there's probably some skeptics out there and some scientists and <clears throat> medical doctors that would say, well, that's this little phenomenon or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But it's a trip when it happens. And it isn't my voice. I know what my whiny little voice sounds like, and that isn't it. Hmm. Yeah, I have not had. Right. I'm waiting for that day, I guess. Maybe. It's kind of spooky. but Yeah, yours will be. Denver. Denver. No, it'll be fa- I'm sure it'll be fast and sharp if it comes. <laughs> like a warning. <laughs> so I had a weird thing happen to me. Um, it, it involved, and I, I think I told Denver this. Um, I was working at a Boy Scout camp called Camp Masonite Navarro years ago, and uh, the staff, for the pr- most part, was down in the valley, and then you had the campers up on the hill. And then everybody take turns being a camp commissioner and you'd go camp up on the hill. So you were there in case the scouters needed you or any of the scoutmasters needed to contact you in the middle of the night, that kind of thing. And we had just installed an electrical outlet uh, attached to this tree, but it hadn't, it wasn't completed yet. It wasn't, you couldn't plug anything into it. And we had a coffee pot up there hoping that they were going to get that done and it didn't get done. And in the morning, I woke up. It was one of those old percolators. The per- the coffee pot was percolating, and it was not plugged in, and it was perking. Oh you know, the, little, the little glass, you know, the little glass <laughs> top on said, the man. top of it. You, the coffee, you can see it perking. Oh yeah, it's perking. And I freaked out. And I don't to this day. I don't know why I did this. I grabbed that coffee pot. I ran down the hill and I put it in the refrigerator in, in the dining hall. I went back up the hill, and that coffee pot was sitting on the table. I kid you not. And there was only one other commissioner with me, and he wasn't even awake yet. And I'm waking up. I can't believe what's going on. He didn't believe me. But true story. Now, that's bizarre. And Denver's looking at me. Yeah, I don't know. That's the second time I've heard the story, and I'm still... He's like, were you drinking back then? Yeah, yeah. I've seen a dog sweat, but that was in my... We had weird things happen in that camp. I, I mean, just... Now, that's not evil or dark or light. or I, It's just weird. Just weird. Now, if somebody's pulling a practical joke on me, touche, you did a good job. But wh- <laughs> who's going to get up at 6 in the morning to do that? You know? But anyway. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So we've had a variety of spiritual experiences. Maybe some of them were hoaxes and people pulling jokes on you. Or induced. Or induced. <laughs> you know, I've seen some things under the influence that I'm sure were because of I was under the influence. I also know that in the world of narcotics, you know, we get the word pharmakia, you know, the word pharmaceutical comes from, which actually, if you trace it back far enough, comes from the word witchcraft. So... There is, there are things we open up right. to when we use narcotics. It's not a good thing. Um, the thing that's great about this spiritual appendix or this this appendix two in the big book is we're talking about the real wonderful stuff that happens from the God who is God. That's the stuff Stone we want. Stone cold sober. Yeah, that's and the it stuff, happens. That's the stuff we want to focus on. Uh, so what is what has been your spiritual experience? Uh, email us. Tell us what's gone on. If it was weird, creepy, or just a marvelous awakening that led you into uh, sobriety and a better way to live, uh, email us at take12radio.comcast.net about that. Speaking of which, I'm going to reach over here now. Here I go. 
And while and while he's doing that, while we're on the topic of emails, let us not forget yes or no to the <laughs> energy drinks. Healthy or not. All right. There are exceptions like dang though. There are exceptions to everything, buddy. Oh, Lord. If we dig deep enough. Oh boy. Uh, am I supposed right. to read all this? Yeah, you are. All right. Uh, How can, can they listen to the show, Denver? <laughs> <laughs> That's my cue right there, folks. Uh, you can listen and download from any of our shows by going to Take12Radio.com and clicking on the Follow Me on Podomatic. Once you're there, you can download our app from Android or iOS. You can also comment on our shows, love us or hate us. We love to hear from you. You can also listen to the shows on our YouTube channel. Simply go to Take12Radio.com and click on the YouTube icon. And if you'd like to send us your email, our email address is Take12Radio at Comcast.net. That'll be Take12Radio at Comcast.net. Very nice. Uh, this Wednesday, uh, Sherry Gaba, the editor of Recovery Today magazine, is going to be on the show. She's going to be our guest talking about her new book, Marriage and Relationship Junkie. Mm. Do you know any people like that that are relationship junkies, Denver? Yeah, <laughs> your your phone's ringing off the hook. I know that. Yeah, the lights blinking, so we just ignore that when the lights blinking. Uh, anyway, she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna be on the show, and then uh, Friday is gonna be part two of bullying with uh, Dave Fleming on Entitled to Overcome. We're gonna be talking about. Uh, red flags of how can what are some of the red flags if uh, your child is being bullied or maybe you're being bullied and you don't even realize it. Uh, that'll be on Friday's show as well. So our closing song today is by a comedic recovery recording artist, Michael Purrington and his band, The Messengers, and it's entitled I'm My Own God. They had a meeting about the 11th step Talking about some deity I've never met They say he should be in charge of my spiritual condition But I've already made a decision to put myself in that position I am my own
love that. Mr. Michael Purrington and the Messengers. Uh, just wonderful. And there you go. <laughs> All right. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man reminding you, hey, if you see value in Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting, please consider becoming a partner with us and donating. It's what keeps us on the air. Uh, Visit Take12Radio.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the Donate button. No amount is too small. Thank you so much in advance. Until next time. This is the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs>